Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 43. Hey, yo. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he thinks honesty's the best policy online, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up? This is Pat Flynn. And uh, just to clarify, I do believe in honesty both online and offline. So uh, there you go. Anyway, Thank you for joining me today, and I want to give a shout out to you, because as of today, the SPI podcast has 512 five-star ratings on iTunes, and seriously, it's just just really awesome. I can't thank you enough, and I appreciate every single one of you listening to this today. Thank you. Now, today we have a pretty unique episode. We don't just have one guest with us, or two, or three or four, we actually have five guests in what is dubbed the Summer Marketing Mashup. And this was actually a great idea by my good friends, Jason and Jeremy from Internet Business Mastery. Some of you probably listen to their podcast too. And so we have this, I guess you could say, panel of six people, including myself, from a number of highly ranked and well-produced podcasts in iTunes and websites. And so Each week for four weeks, this panel is doing a webinar, a live webinar, and we pick a different topic to discuss each week. And then each of the four podcasts represented here in this panel of six will be publishing one of the webinars or sessions on their own podcast. And this one you're listening to today is the second gathering where we're all going to go down the line and discuss our best tips for staying productive and staying laser focused, which is extremely important to get anything done in our businesses and blogs, as we all know. The first part uh, is uh, is published on Internet Business Mastery Podcast, and that one was all about traffic. So myself and the others share our best traffic tip and then answer questions from those who are sitting live on that webinar. And so if you're interested in listening to that one later on, you can get the link at the end of the session, or as always, you can get the links for that and anything else we discussed today on the show notes at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 43. So enough of that. Let's get focused and listen in on the second meeting of the 2012 Summer Marketing Mashup with myself as the host, Jason and Jeremy from Internet Business Mastery Podcast, Dan and Ian from the Lifestyle Business Podcast, and Tim from the Foolish Adventure Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the second edition of the 2012 Summer Marketing Mashup. We had a great turnout in our first webinar, which was all about traffic. And today we're going to tackle the topic of focus, staying focused and being extremely productive, stress-free productivity. So before that, if you have a chance, please share the love on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever. Just quickly share this link that you see here if you're watching this, uh, go ibm.us slash s 
M-M-M, and that'll direct people to a quick form where they can come on live and join us here today. And that's more questions to answer, more interaction, which is which is everything we want. So for those of you here already, thank you for showing up. I already see a few questions and comments coming in already on my GoToWebinar panel here. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Alec, what's up? Thank you for coming. And of course, we have our outstanding panel here from some of the top business podcasts you can find. So of course, my name is Pat Flynn from smartpassiveincome.com. And we also have from the Lifestyle Business Podcast, Dan and Ian. What's up, Dan? How are you guys doing? What's up, Pat? We're uh, joining you from Bangkok and it's 8 a.m. over here. So it's uh, no minor feat that we've managed to make it to the call, especially in this city. Thanks for having us. It's about time you guys got up. <laughs> Eight o'clock. <laughs> so are you guys at like an internet cafe or something? Or are you guys just in, in your kind of dwelling there? We are. Yeah, hotel. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us so early. Cheers. And we also have, of course, Jeremy and Jason from Internet Business Mastery. How are you guys? Great. Hey, Pat. Hey, everyone. What's up, everyone? Thank you, guys. And then also from the Foolish Adventure podcast, we have Tim Conley. What's up, Tim? Yo, what's up, guys? All right, so if anytime you guys have questions along the way for those of you watching or listening, or if you're listening to this in the future, you know you can go to summermarketingmashup.com and you'll see the, the replay or the kind of comments and, and stuff that's going on there. But I want to start by just asking, we're going to go down the line and, and everyone's going to give us their best focus, you know, how to stay laser focused, how to, how to have laser-like focus and stress-free productivity. So we're going to start with uh, the, the, the guys from the Lifestyle Business Podcast. We'll start with Dan and Ian. I'd love to hear a tip from both of you on how do you guys stay stay focused and stay stress-free and, and productive? Man, really putting us on the spot here. Eight <laughs> in the morning. This is rough. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't mess around. <laughs> number one tip is get up early. <laughs> hey, number one tip is make it to coffee before you start the webinar. So, uh, so I, I was thinking about this, uh, this last week, Pat, about uh, productivity and uh, focus, and I want to focus on the productivity part of it. Um, I think my biggest tip uh, here is probably hiring. And I say that because it's been the number one multiplier for me. So when I look back at our business uh, that we started back in around 2005, I think the best thing that we could have done ultimately was get somebody on board as quick as possible. And so, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and I'm only one guy. And so the quicker I could get somebody else involved in our business, the more productivity I was going to see myself and the business was going to see. So my number one tip is hire early. Yeah, that's a great, that's a solid tip, absolutely. And that's something I've learned recently as well, hiring two VAs. Now, I do want you to, I have a follow-up question for you. You know, some people, they, they, they feel like they can double and clone, you know, double their work and clone themselves by hiring out, but what ends up happening is they they're doing a lot more work trying to manage that person. So, what are, what's maybe one tip or one or two tips you have for making sure that if you were to hire out, that you're actually, you know, making it work in your favor and not against you? Yeah, you're right. It does become somewhat of a job to uh, try and manage people once you've hired them, but I think that that comes with the process. So, I think it's important when you hire somebody that you also have a process down, and they're not just uh, they're not aimlessly going at work. Uh, You've got a structure set up for them and uh, that is going to make your job of managing them much easier. In many ways, like the history of our business has been about learning how to create a culture and manage people and build a team and stuff. And I think if, you know, ultimately, if if you're really feeling ambitious about your business, which sort of that's our approach and and you really want to get a ton done in the world, like that's precisely what you need to get good at. And unfortunately, that's a tough thing to sort of uh, you know, have a, a, f- a few tips about, you know, it's something that we're, we're still figuring out ourselves and still making a lot of those mistakes, Pat. Like, yeah, we've done all mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, you hire people and then all of a sudden you have more work and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's precisely what we're sort of banging our heads against because that's where we're seeing the most returns. Right. Yeah. And I, I know we could all talk about outsourcing and hiring out in, an, in a totally different, you know, another call and spend hours about that. Uh, but I know the you know Jeremy and Jason from Internet, Bas- Internet Business Mastery. As far as hiring out, you know, I, since understanding what's going on with them, I mean, you, they have amazing systems going. on. I mean, like, can you talk about that really quick, Jeremy and Jason, about you know just how you quickly get your VAs to do exactly what you want them to do? Like, well, yeah, procedure lists is how is how we do it. So 
when a task is done, like originally when it was just Jason and I doing everything, one of the things we did was make step-by-step checklists of how we do all the different tasks that we were going to give away to a virtual assistant. And then that way, anytime, you know, when we bring somebody in, we can say, just follow these steps. And the training is all of hand, you know, basically handing them over the digital checklist and they just follow the checklist. And we just, you know, correct or say, oh, well, you should do it like this. And then we'll change the procedure list to make it so it's absolutely clear. And then it makes it so that um, if there's something even that Jason was doing and he can't do it for whatever reason, I can jump in and do it because I've got the checklist, even though he's the one that knows how to do it, so to speak. So the procedure lists, we call them, but basically the checklists are one of the big ways we got people up and running really, really fast. Yeah, we call that an operations manual, and it's something we started very early on, and it can take some discipline to do, because I know you have to sit down and go, okay, I'm about to do this task that normally takes me 10 minutes, but right now I might need to invest 30 so that I can sit there and document it as I go through it. And, and you know, a big tip there is once you do have people on staff, they can make the procedures for you. So now it's a matter of, we record a video saying, this is how we want things done. Can you go do this? And then please make a procedure for that. Now, here's a real ninja trick. Um, I actually shared this recently in the uh, private mastermind community that Dan and Ian have called the Dynamite Circle. And people were uh, really interested in seeing behind the scenes of our operations manual. And it's basically a a WordPress installation that we make private on our site so we can only access it. And, you know, WordPress just makes a nice database. So all these different articles, we used to keep it on Google Docs, but then it got really unorganized and it was very... Uh, you know, it was kind of hard to find what what was what and different people own different documents. So eventually we just pulled it all into a WordPress installation where you could search for it very easily. We had basically 10 categories for the 10 different areas within our business, you know, like uh, marketing, website, uh, upkeep, um, operations, you know, product, whatever. It's, and then we basically used all those categories and tags to organize those in a really useful way. And so now say if somebody goes to do customer service, they can search for customer service, bam, all the procedures about customer service come on. They can bring up that one that uh, relates to that. And basically, our team is constantly updating that themselves now. It's actually very seldom that we are in there ourselves actually editing or adding documents. Um, but early on, it is going to be you, and that is absolutely worth the time investment to do so. Yeah, it's been a while since I've even seen that, maybe over a year. Wow, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Hey, Dan, how about uh, you? Any any particular productivity or, or staying focused tip that you, you like to share? There are a productivity tip. Um, staying focused is not my forte. So, um, (laughs) I I have this concept called finding your best 20 hours and it's kind of a, a bit of a duh kind of point. But when I look around at a lot of people who are successful online, they don't waste their core and sort of essential energy. And what a lot of people do online is they say, you know, like, well, I have a job and then I want to come home and like put the kids to bed and then I want to start to build my online business. And of course, that's an essential approach in a lot of cases, but it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very, very difficult approach. And so what I would encourage people to do if they have jobs is to become entrepreneurs and find a way to either find an apprenticeship or a job at a small business that can help you build a skill set that leads you towards something you'd ultimately like to do for yourself, even if that means taking a pay cut. I think your best and most productive 20 hours every week that's, you know, that's sort of about investing in yourself and focusing on those 20 hours is just so critical to building something, uh, an asset uh, for your life. So um, that's what I encourage people to do is not to sort of split your best energy and make sure that your trajectory is heading to where you want to go. So if that's you have a job, you know, make sure that you believe in that job and that you're building something there and that it's leading you towards uh, the kind of business and life that you want. So I know that's sort of a simple point, but it, it's, it's, it's very difficult to abnicate your, you know, consistently on a weekly basis, your best energy and value towards something that you don't believe in. And if you're going to, if, if you find it difficult, you know, to find a job that you believe in, um, you're going to find it a lot more difficult to build your own business, you know, so it's, it's sort of like a lesser challenge in my book. So that's my uh, productivity tip. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, not only, you know, for when talking about productivity and focus, you know, the tools and, and the things like that are really interesting. But I think it all starts with the mindset like you're talking about and, and really just, you know, not splitting your best energy, like you said, and really making sure that you're putting your best effort in whatever it is that you're trying to do and accomplish. So thank you for that, Dan. So how about you, Jeremy? Uh, how's it going, man? Um, 
I know you have a ton of, you know, knowing you for what, four or five years now, I know you have a ton of productivity tips and, I, and I'm, I'd be interested in really hearing what your top one is. <laughs> Great. Well, well, trying to take the uh, four hour work week, uh, you know, to a higher level, I try to work 14 minutes a day. So I've had to come up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I like to do is one of the things I realized very quickly uh, when I started doing internet business is that I was an information gathering fool. Like I learned everything constantly. And, you know, maybe six months into learning about internet business, I realized, you know, I had done a lot of learning and, and not a lot of doing. So one of the things that uh, we do even now is anytime we have time allocate, allocated to uh, actually working, uh, the goal is actually not to consume any information we need, uh, or I'm sorry, that is out there until the moment we need it. So for instance, um, and this would be something I wish I could do if I could go back and I was, I was a beginner again, is I would say I should not be learning the 45 different ways that I can use Google Plus if I don't even have my niche yet, let alone a website. So we call it just-in-time learning, and it's been a, a major way that I've been able to be extremely productive and be able to you know, work much fewer aver, uh, hours than normal. So so uh, again, the just-in-time learning is just learning the bit of information you need at that point and only going to the point where you can take action. And then once you take that action, then going to the next step and just simply doing the next piece of information. And I know it's hard for most people, especially when you know, you'll go to some blog and now, oh, now they're talking about Pinterest. Oh my gosh, I've got to learn everything about this or, or whatever it is. It's like, you've got to go to the foundation, get things started and only bring in that information uh, when you need it. So that's one of the major actually things. Again, it's like Dan, it, it sounds like the simple thing, but uh, being able to actually do it takes, takes some time and, you know, actually takes that willpower not to just go off on all these little, you know, reading expeditions or video watching expeditions uh, when you haven't gotten whatever you need to do next done. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah. One of the, I think one of the challenges there, Jeremy, is just determining what your problem is. Sometimes that's, that's a challenge in and of itself is what, what is the information that's going to help me get to uh, the next level? It's just so easy to follow that next tweet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was just, it, that's really hard. And I probably don't help with that because, you know, my blog, I'll have a post about this one day and a post about something else another day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but well, with you though, I mean, people are at different levels too. Like we, you know, we'll, we'll talk about different levels and it's, it's more about, you know, people being able to understand where they are and going, okay, I'm going to file that away. I'll come back to that because I'm not there yet. At least that's what I have to do because there's a hundred people I want to read their blogs every day. And I'm very, very influenced with, uh, you know, what other people are up to that are doing awesome things. I mean, I didn't know I wanted to write an Amazon book till what, a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> when you when you yep. mentioned it, Pat, I'm like, oh gosh, Sorry. I got to do an Amazon book, you know, and <laughs> and now I got and then I got to go to China with Dan and buy stuff and sell it, and oh my gosh, I'm insane. But I, I mean, that's the big key is trying to go. Okay, okay, I, 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 you know, what is the next thing, and just focus on it. Yeah, I think that's important, but you know, at the same time, you don't want to miss out on anything that could potentially help you later either. And so one thing I like to do is is I have Evernote hooked up uh, and I have a particular um, Chrome plugin uh, that lets me save particular stuff into a particular folder that I have in Evernote. So in case I need to come back to it later, like if I if I see something interesting on video marketing, but I'm, that's not something I'm doing right now, I'll put it in my video marketing folder in Evernote and I can come back to it later when that's something I'm going to be focusing on. Or maybe it's a things to learn folder that I don't have to learn right now, I guess. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's Jason and I both do that exact same thing with Evernote. Yeah, so Evernote's a good a uh, good tool too. But we can get we can get into that in a little bit. Uh, but but Jason, I want to hear uh, what you had to say. I know uh, Jeremy uh, revealed some stuff that you guys have done. Uh, what what else do you guys got going on? All right. Well, here's a tip that I found really helpful, and that is realizing that there's two kinds of time in your business. And first of all, recognizing that there's two types of time helps you to organize things better and realize that there's different kinds of energies that go into both. And then you also need to keep a very, a very 
distinct balance between these two different kinds of time. Um, and really, we could extend it to a third kind of time, but let's go with the two uh, right off. And that is that when you sit down to work at your business, you have what I call money time, and then you have what I call prep time. Okay, prep time tends to be those things. It's like, okay, we feel like, well, we have to do them. And sure, if we don't do them, our business is going to fall apart. It seems like uh, paying the bills, keeping the books up. Uh, it might you know, have to do with like hiring and firing operational type things. A lot of times checking email ends up being very much prep time. You know, so it's, it's those kinds of tasks. Whereas money time is any of those things that are actually directly leading you to making new money and reaching new people or creating new value, however you want to think about that. And it tends to be for people, a lot of people listening to this call, I know in our own business, money time basically falls into three different things, creating, relating, or strategy. So am I creating content that's going to attract me new traffic or creating content that I'm going to sell or creating content that's engaging with my market? Or am I relating with uh, my colleagues and uh, my peers or with my customers, my followers, my coaching clients, things like that? And then strategies, obviously the time, you know, every, every week, Monday for two hours, Jeremy and I are on the phone together, uh, kind of deciding, okay, what's the big picture moving forward? What does our market need the most right now? What do our um, followers want the most right now? And so those three things, they're actually leading to bringing new money or reaching new people. And if you aren't focusing on money time regularly, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the prep time, partly because those tend to be very brush fire things that catch our attention very easily. Also because they tend to be easier things that in a way help us to avoid doing some of the creating and relating that we know we should do. But, you know, it's it's harder because creating and relating tends to require putting yourself out there. And then obviously when you put yourself out there, there's always that chance that people won't like what it is that you put out there. Whereas doing my books is very safe because the books, you know, they're not going to yell back at me or, you know, be disappointed in something that I do or Depending say I'm not good books. enough or whatever the case may be. So all those little voices that might be inside of our head. So I find, you know, what I encourage people to do is to actually use your Google Calendar or whatever calendar you use for a couple weeks. And well, first of all, obviously the thing is to do is sit down and make a list of all the different kinds of things you do in your business and then categorize them as what you think is prep time and what you think is money time. And then track for two weeks or even one week your blocks of time and see if you aren't bouncing back and forth between money and prep. I find it very useful to say, okay, here's a day where I'm just going to do prep things or maybe an afternoon where I'm just going to do prep things. And I also encourage people to try to get to a two to one ratio. So for every two hours that you're, or every, well, let's say the other way around, every one hour of prep time, you're spending two hours actually trying to bring new money in. Now, hopefully that ends up being an even higher ratio eventually. Um, I mean, ideally, once you get outsourced on all the things and systems and stuff like that, you can get to where 80, 90% of your time is money time. And you'll find that you're a lot more fulfilled because it's probably things that are more within your strengths and unique abilities and the things that you got into your business to do to begin with. So making that list, categorizing it out, tracking it, extremely, extremely helpful, and then trying to establish that two to one ratio I found helpful, just or, or even just being aware of this concept will, I think, help you try to be more focused, more efficient, and you know, not end up in the brush fire mode that controls so many of our days. Um, so that's that's the tip: money time versus prep time. If you want to throw the third uh, kind of time in there, which is actually quite important as well, that's free time or renewal time, which we all need. But as entrepreneurs, we can often forget. I know I can't be as creative as I really need to be. I don't come up with my best ideas unless I do spend that time. You know, just like with working out a muscle, you burn the muscle, burn the muscle, burn the muscle, then I got to let it release and, and actually relax for a little while. Our minds, our brains, our, our, our creativity, our inspiration work the same way. Um, so if you're just like, you know, seven days a week, all the time going, 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 you know, you might feel like you're being super productive, but really you're burning the candle at both ends and you're not actually allowing yourself to get some of that most creative energy and power. Kind of goes into the best 20 hours thing that Dan was talking about as well. Um, so there's the tip. Money time versus prep time. I really like that uh, idea of uh, prep time versus money time. Uh, one of the things as it relates back to hiring, a lot of the times we're going to be hiring uh, people to do things in the prep time space, I think, because uh, as yeah. entrepreneurs, we are like really the only ones that can push our businesses forward. And so as much time as we can spend in the money time is really important for our businesses. I, I actually love this framework because I never really had a way to talk about it. Like, I guess... I kind of always called it uh, glucose time. Like there's certain parts of my day that um, especially for some reason for me, it's like between 7 and 11 in the morning and 7 and 11 at night. It's like when I get creative. 
And when I feel like that energy coming on, I literally like shut off Gmail, I turn off Skype, and I like run away to a cafe where no one can bother me. Because I know if I miss the window of opportunity to like use that energy, it's going to go away. And, uh, and so uh, I definitely, uh, I like this framework a lot because it's really important to you know, our business. It's like you have to sort of catch that muse and um, use that best energy and make sure you're not spending it in your email inbox responding to requests because you can do that when you're at a little bit lower level of energy. Yeah, I like that because I, I remember purposely not scheduling classes in, in college after lunch because I was always super tired and I couldn't learn anything. Uh, so I would always schedule stuff in the morning or the evenings because that's when I'm most focused, just just like you, Dan. So whenever I do my work, it's always at, in the evening, um, mostly because my son's asleep and he's not bothering me and I can uh, get stuff done. But also because that's, you know, when I feel like, like you, I'm the most, I'm the most creative. So understanding when you have your best output is, is very important. And it might take, uh, you know, some recording of, of data for a week, like, like Jason was saying, to see when you have high levels of energy and low levels of energy and kind of schedule when you work on your business around that. Yeah, one of the best things I ever did for getting my focus and productivity up was to take the time to track. And actually, you got to get a baseline. And uh, you know, a lot of us, I think, might avoid tracking because we're afraid of what we might see. But that mm-hmm. awareness, um, you know, that awareness is is super super helpful. So whatever tip of ours you take and put into action, if you come up with some way to track that regularly, that's that's going to be a great place to start because it's going to raise your awareness and give you a baseline of where you're starting. So then hopefully you can reach a new higher level. Absolutely. So, Hey Tim, how, how about your, uh, your best productivity, your focus tip? Oh my gosh. Yeah. After sitting here listening to like all this smart stuff about productivity and focus, I'm like, Oh, I'm the, I'm cause I'm the anti productivity guy. <laughs> I, I'm not too keen on a lot of the stuff that's out there about being productive because it kind of treats people like machines. Like here's how to get as much stuff as you possibly can in this factory floor of life that you're on. And I'm more about effectiveness and prioritization because those, if, if you're effective, which is as an entrepreneur, that's what you need to be Uh, to be effective. You get your product out there and you get it sold to customers, real people, Doing all those other things like the the prep time, that, that kind of stuff just takes you away from being effective. And so I, I try to focus on being effective and an easy way to be effective is to prior, prioritize. If you've only got three priorities, it's easy to be focused because like I just do these things. I, I just need to get these three things done today or I have these three goals that I'm trying to accomplish this month, this quarter, this year. And I just focus on those things and everything else. I just let little, uh, as Tim Ferriss calls it, let little bad things happen. If, if it's not that important, I let it go. And sometimes it comes back to bite me a bit, but then I deal with it then and then get right back to my priorities so that I can be effective. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's important to understand that, you know, what we're doing serves a purpose and, and, and to, to, to be effective is really our, all of our main goals. And, and I think productivity is a part of that. Uh, and and, and it's, I really think it's interesting, the analogy you gave us of, of the kind of, we are in the life of a, of a factory and we're just trying to churn things out faster or, or, or uh, you know, not necessarily understanding what the end goal is. But I, I really like how you kind of prioritize your most important things and make sure that that's what you're working towards. And if little bad things happen, like, like Tim Ferriss says, then, then that's okay. But you're working on what you need to be working on. Right. And I have to give credit to Leo Babauta for his work on this, because when I was doing this, when I was cutting back on all the things I was doing in my life to get down to just the priorities, I, I found his book, uh, The Power of Less and his uh, productivity manual, Zen to Done. And those were really effective for me because it gave me a framework and words to put around what it was that I was doing so that it wasn't just uh, just being lazy in comparison to the rest of the Western world. Uh, I don't have 15 things on a to-do list. I have three. And since there's, since I only have three, I don't have a list because it's in my head because I know exactly what I need to do. You're sort of taking the like a minimalistic approach to uh, to your business. Right, right. 
Because that keeps it keeps me stress free. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why people. We just cut out over here, and I'm not sure you guys started talking about books, but uh, one of the great productivity books that I've read is uh, called uh, "Getting Things Done" by David Allen. I don't know if you guys just mentioned this or not, um, but you know it kind of goes with what uh, goes against with what Tim is saying in terms of like life in the factory floor. I mean, uh, David Allen has every second of his life planned out and charted out, and he has a uh, kind of like this uh, flow chart that I find really uh, helpful in uh, getting things done. And so uh, I think getting things done is definitely worth checking out if you're going to be a machine. Uh, well, there's always two, there's two elements <laughs> of the metaphor, right? Like all these like cool little life hacker tips and stuff. You're sitting on a bike and you're pedaling and that's like optimizing the pedaling. But I think one of the things I'm hearing about on, on this call, especially is like some of those biggest gains are about what gear you're in. And, and that's about sort of like stepping back and looking at those fundamental assumptions that you're making. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's one of the things that we've noticed too, a little bit is like, as our business grows, it's more important to be more focused and it's, it's, it's a lot easier to get distracted. So to, to find ways to focus on precisely how you're pedaling, you know, become a pro at that and then make sure that you're in the right gear, make sure that you're riding on the right road, so to speak. Yeah. I love that analogy. Helotonics, right? Yeah, you know, I want to actually underscore something there. I, I really like getting things done as well. Um, I guess the only issue I have with it is I think it makes a lot of people feel worthless because it is not an easy system to implement. And I think he may even say in the book himself, it could take you two years to perfectly implement this thing. Um, now, there are key elements I pulled from that book that have changed completely for the better the way I do things. At the same time, I cannot say that I do 100% his system at all. Um, and, and maybe this is a bit going to what Tim was saying. It's true that a lot of productivity, I mean, there's a lot of just pure crap out there anyway, but um, <laughs> then there's also the problem that some of these productivity books just aren't going to, I mean, everybody has their own style of how they work and, you know, right-brained and left-brained and, and more focused in the morning or more focused in the evening or they like visual or, you know, there's all, we all have different ways of operating. And so one thing I always like to tell people when I recommend a book is like, hey, this really helped me. You know, I hope it helps you too, but just pick the couple things that really sit with you and, and take it out of this and don't feel like you got to do it 100% because I know I used to read these productivity books and then afterwards I either felt like, yeah, I was trying to make me into a machine or I was worthless or I'd feel guilty because I couldn't actually do 100% everything that they said. Maybe that's just me because I tend to be a perfectionist, but I have a feeling there's other entrepreneurs out there who tend to be all or nothing kind of perfectionist about these things as well. Um, so point being, don't feel bad just because you can't do whatever, you know, fill in the blank productivity book perfectly. What I do is actually an amalgamation of probably four or five books, but it works really well for me. Getting things done being one of those books yeah i read that book too and i put one thing i pulled away from that it was actually recommended to me by uh you guys jason and jeremy and um one thing i pulled out was anything that you know you're going to get distractions coming at you during the day or things that you have to do that you weren't originally planning to do and if something's going to take you two or three minutes to do just do it and that that that's been really big for me um so i know i, I guess it's my turn that that'll be that'll be my one of my first tips is if something takes like five minutes or less and it comes my way um, you know, you know, I try to not make that happen by getting rid of all the distractions and like turning Skype off and, you know, making sure I'm, I'm laser focused when I'm working on something like writing a blog post. But if something comes my way or, you know, if, if April comes in the room and is like, oh, you got to take out the trash, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll do that because it's just going to take a second. And then I, it's not something that adds to the list. It's something I can just not even add to the list because I've already taken care of it. So that was something I picked up from David Allen. But my, my best tip, and, and this is different than anybody, anything anyone said so far, is, is to just uh, eat well and exercise. And I know this is kind of a, I don't know if you want to call it a cop-out answer, or but the, the one big thing that I know that I've done that has really helped my productivity and my focus and my energy levels is eating well and, and, and exercising and just being fit because my mind's just so much more in tune, it seems, uh, ever since I started doing things like P90X and Sanity, I'm not going to, you know, promote any particular, uh, you know, program. I mean, just a walk every day will, will help your mind, uh, you know, focus a little bit better. And, and, and eating well, it's just, you know, it, you, you're like a, you, you know, not to go back to the whole machine analogy, but, you know, you're like a car and you want to fuel yourself with the best fuel to have your car run as, as best as it can. So, Really, it doesn't even matter what you're doing. If if your body isn't able to do those things, then it, it's it's not going to happen as the way you want it. So that's my tip: is just stay healthy and um, you know, eat well and exercise. Great. 
You know, something that really helped me be more active, because I'm definitely not the kind of guy who does like tons of exercising or whatever, um, but just, you know, two tips there, because it is really easy just to sit at the desk and then, you know, it, it, it the blood stops going to your brain and you're, you know, it's just everything atrophies over time. Um, <laughs> I bought myself a pedometer and again, going back to the tracking thing, just by owning a pedometer and now both Jeremy and I own a kind of a fancy pedometer called the Fitbit, but you know, it, it calculates, it counts and then tracks all of our steps. And just knowing that I'm trying to hit 10,000 steps a day, um, which admittedly this week I'm not doing so great on, but usually that's my goal. And it just helps me be more aware. It's like, okay, you know, it's stand up more, go out for a walk more. Oh, Hey, maybe I can listen to this on the go. Maybe I can walk around while I think about this copy I want to write or whatever, and just trying to get more steps. Cause then you're just moving more, which is just good for our energy in the end. You know, I don't think that's a small point at all, especially since we have got a bunch of podcasters on the line, you know, Pat, like walking has a long and storied relationship with productivity, especially when you're trying to generate ideas. So when I'm sitting at my computer and I feel myself starting to like click off to YouTube or Facebook, one of my strategies is just to load up a podcast and close that laptop and go for a walk. And I generally find that by 10 minutes into that podcast, I'm opening up Evernote and taking notes. And then I'm starting to turn around and walk back towards home because I've got so many ideas. So I do think taking a walk is just an absolutely wonderful productivity technique, especially when that creative energy is starting to wane a little bit. Um, you know, put on Tim Connolly and the earbuds and uh, you'll have more ideas than you know what to do with in 15 <laughs> <you> minutes. <laughs> yeah, I actually do a lot of walking as well to the point where um, I, I'm really sensitive to different uh, temperatures. So right now here, it's like 100 degrees. So it's just a tiny bit too hot for me to be out walking. So I finally got it's totally ridiculous, but I totally had to do it. I got a uh, treadmill desk. So now <laughs> it's actually Wait. trying to get those 10,000 or I, I'm trying to do about 14,000 steps a day. Uh, much, much easier when I'm just walking while I work. So this was a big, you know, it was, I just considered it an upgrade for myself uh, in trying to get fit as well. But being able to do all my email or anything that doesn't require, you know, too much movement of the mouse because <laughs> you can't it's not like you're gonna be able to do <laughs> graphics while you're you know uh going whipping along on the uh, treadmill but um i'm able to do all the different uh you know general stuff that takes me you know an hour or two a day i can do that on the treadmill while walking and anytime i watch anything on youtube or any, or any videos i do it while on the treadmill desk and it's really cool because it's actually built around a treadmill rather than just trying to do some sort of makeshift thing over, you know, a treadmill. So that was a little upgrade I did, but I'm totally about the walking as well. At least getting that done. I've never heard of a treadmill desk. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I got to look that up. That's pretty cool. All right. So thank you all for, for all those tips. Um, and what I'm going to do now is go through the questions that people have left. And uh, if you have an, if you have a question of your own, please feel free to leave it. I don't know how many there are. For some reason, in Keynote, I'm not. You know, I, I see my little control panel here for GoToWebinar. I can't get to it unless I minimize this. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Now I can. Uh, yeah, now okay. Now I can see. Them. So I'm just going to go through them. And and uh, you know, if anybody in the group has a great answer, um, we'll 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 tackle that question. So the first question here is. Let's see. We've already addressed some of these. Oh, here's one from Chris. Uh, is there anything that you actually say to yourself to stay focused while doing work? Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, say, say to say myself. To let's see. Well, I'm I'm big on uh, one of the things that keeps me really motivated is I know why I'm doing this and what kind of my outcomes I want from doing this. So long term goals, this kind of stuff. There are definitely times when you know I've got to do some technical stuff that um, you know I've said I'm going to do, and it's just something I need to do that day, or we have to hurry and we can't give it to our VAs. And you know, anytime I'm doing. Uh, work that I don't particularly like, I was going to call give it its own special name, but uh, um, I definitely think through what it is I'm doing this for, not only, you know, not only to be able to make money and stuff, but to reach people. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I try and, you know, inspire myself with uh, anytime, you know, something gets in the way of my just doing tasks I need to do. Yeah, I actually have a uh, a framed 
sheet of paper above my computer that I look at anytime I feel like I'm just kind of drifting away. And it's it's kind of the tenets or the principles of a book, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. And, you know, th- there's a number of different things here, but one of them that I really like to look at, it's so at the very top, it says, my inner world creates my outer world. So how I feel on the inside is gonna is gonna transpire into how what what happens to me in my life, and that that's particularly important when I feel like you know something I'm doing is is not really going the way I wanted to, or I'm just kind of in a bad mood. You know, I really need to get my mood in shape, and then as a result, my output is gonna be uh, that much better. So you know, I I actually have quotes from that book right in front of me. I'm like looking at them uh right now one of them is i create the exact level of my financial success which is a, which i think is a good one um for me one it's more about what i don't say to myself you know i used to i used to get onto myself about productivity uh, especially focus because i've been this uh, uh, hyperactive kid you know ever since i was a little kid i was really hyperactive and it's really hard to stay focused on anything and I used to beat myself up about it. But now it's more of I just remind myself to just get refocused. And instead of saying all those bad things that I'd say about myself, oh, you know, you're not, you're not getting anything done. You're not focusing. I, I remove those kind of words from me. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That, that, that's, that's a great uh, way to go about it, too. Uh, I find another- not saying I should be at the beach right now helps, too. <laughs> or whatever else I want to, you know, do outside of working. <laughs> Try not to say those things too loudly to myself. All right, so here's a good question. Uh, another one from Chris. If I'm on my own, how many percent or how much percent of my work time should I spend on answering emails, SEO, social media, and, and content creation? And I know that, you know, that those are, uh, you know, it's hard to get a breakdown of each one of those things. But I, I want to particularly spend time on on answering emails and social media. How much time should we be spending on answering emails and social media? Because I think that's a lot of things that that's a that's something that we all do a lot of, and it seems like it's never ending. And we we you know, how much time should we be spending answering emails and and you know, being on Facebook and Twitter? All right. Well, I'll go ahead. And yeah, I'd refer back to my two to one thing uh, as a baseline first, the two times, you know, two hours of money for every one hour of prep. Email is often again prep because it usually brings up brush fires and things that have to be attended to. But the thing that I would say is uh, I actually it was it was a post that Tim made on last week's traffic thing. He said, focus on one traffic thing first and get that really going well for you. And then go ahead and add a couple secondary ones. Um, now I know, you know, a lot of people might look at what like Pat's doing and he says, be everywhere, which is absolutely true, but be everywhere one channel at a time. And I think he would agree as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you're trying to do social media and, you know, um, all of your SEO and a podcast and, uh, you know, Pinterest or, you know, you're trying to do five things all at once, you know, pick that one that you're going to get established next apply Jeremy's just-in-time learning. So like say if I want you know YouTube to be my first primary thing, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to learning YouTube. I'm going to put into action right away everything I learned about YouTube. I'm going to ignore anything that people are saying about Twitter and Facebook and other things uh, right now until it feels like YouTube is just down pat for me and I've got a nice system going um, and maybe even you know automated, streamlined, and outsourced some of that process as well. And then maybe move on to, okay, now the next thing. Okay, let's do, you know, let's, let's dial in my SEO my on-page SEO really well. And once that's done, okay, now let's uh, let's start a, a link building strategy. And not that you know you stop YouTube once you move to the next one, but you don't move on from YouTube until YouTube is just kind of naturally flowing for you. Um, so for us, it was the podcast first. And once that was naturally flowing, then we started adding the next thing. Um, so that's how I would think about it rather than going, okay, spend... 20 minutes a week on Twitter, uh, two hours a week on YouTube or whatever the case may be. So that's my, my input on that. On focus, I mean, especially if you're a solopreneur, one question to ask yourself is, you know, if you, if you have customers or listeners or readers, why aren't they telling their, their family about it? Why aren't they selling it for you? And sometimes when you're having to, you know, do a lot of clever thinking about promotion, it means that your product's not good enough or your content's not good enough. So if we're going to talk about focus and you're just one person, I think the place to go back to the drawing board and spend the lion's share of your time is in building a product that really delivers for people or a blog post or a podcast or a program or whatever it is that you do. That's where your time should be, especially at the beginning. And, you know, if, if you're constantly if you spend 80 percent of your time out there, 
you know, on Pinterest and YouTube and, and, and all this kind of stuff, um, I think you're hurting your chances. So flip that around and spend 80% of your time focusing your best energy on a product that's essentially going to sell itself. And your customers are going to go out and say, hey, you have to, to listen to this or you have to become a, you know, get a subscription to this piece of software. Uh, it's incredible. That, that would be my piece of advice, especially when you're just getting started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we live in a time like no other other time where when you do create a product that's awesome or a post that's amazing or, or, or you know, some type of something that people consume that's amazing, we, we live in a time where that is going to be self-shared. I mean, it's going to be self-propelled. You know, that, that didn't happen as much before, but now with all the tools out there, if people like it, they're going to go share it. You know, they want to feel empowered and, and, and share it with their followers and friends and family. Like they're doing them a favor by sharing what you have to offer. And unless you have something good to offer, then that's definitely not going to happen. So we have some uh, other comments. Just oh, go ahead. There's a whole book about it. It's called uh, Purple Cow by Seth Godin. And it's about baking in um, those, I, that idea into your, into your business concept or your content. So it's worth taking a look at. I love Purple Cow. Uh, we have some other comments uh, sharing, um, you know, j- just confirming people using Evernote who are loving Evernote. Thanks. Uh, a couple other tools that people are sharing. Uh, Flipboard, by, uh, Andy's mentioning Flipboard as a feed reader. And when he finds something that's really useful or he can implement later, he uses Pocket or Get Pocket. And that way he can filter all the great content and save the decent ones for later. So thank you for that tip, Andy. It's similar to our little Evernote uh, tip that we were sharing earlier. Um, Carol has uh, some interesting stuff sh- going on. I want to share this personal tip uh, with you guys really quick. She says, I have a full-time job, an online store, uh, and a campus where she teaches for money. And, and you know, she had to make herself a schedule. I work on my online store on the weeknights and on campus on weekends. And that's the best way to make sure that one, doesn't get for- uh, one thing doesn't get forgotten and things stay balanced. I also use a to-do list every week both for both businesses. Uh, and it's always nice to see things being checked off the list. So there's a couple important things I want to touch on there is, is, is the importance of a schedule. I mean, I, I know as entrepreneurs, we, we're trying to break away from the nine to five, but I, I still think it's important to have some sort of schedule and structure to make sure that you're doing the things that you need to be doing when you need to be doing them. Uh, and, and the second point is, is just that, you know, some type of list that you can check off. I think psychologically, you know, for me at least, and I, I want to know if you guys agree, is that when I see a list and I start to check things off, it makes me feel like so good that I'm, I, I could see that I'm making progress. Would, do you guys feel the same way? I need that for sure. I need Absolutely. to be able to check stuff off. And actually, Jason and I, um, we do schedule things. But the great thing, again, with this business is it schedules around our life. So we, you know, design our lifestyle and then schedule our business at times, you know, that, uh, you know, work for our life and, you know, certainly yet another upside of internet business, but that's being able to schedule though, you know, is something that, you know, really helped us propel things. Cause if, if I, sometimes if I just go wake up and go, ah, okay, there's a couple things I got to do and you know, then it'll be night. And I was like, Oh, I forgot to do those things. Cause you know, even with the laser like focus, sometimes you get derailed. And so, you know, being able to just go, okay, for this two hours, everything's going off and I'm working on this one thing. And then I can come back and be a little bit more random or a little bit more, you know, just off the top of my head if I need to be, uh, you know, it was very useful to have that schedule too. So I'm like you, Pat, with both of those. Uh, this is a question for Pat. Uh, that's me from Andy. He says, how do you ensure you get three plus posts per week with such in-depth quality? First of all, thank you for uh, saying that my posts are, that are in-depth quality. I appreciate that. Um, really, though, it's, 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 it's a difference between forcing a post out and just making it happen and flow from, from my head. And, and you know, I used to, to force myself to write three posts a week because I wanted to stay consistent and be on that schedule. And I think that's, that's important to be consistent, but it's also important to, to produce good stuff. You know, for a while there, I was just posting stuff just to make sure I stay on schedule. And what happened is it kind of, you know, I started getting people emailing me saying, hey, I can see you're kind of slipping on the quality here. I'd rather you post one time a week and make it awesome than three times a week and make, you know, nothing awesome. Uh, but what's been helping me lately is just being really excited about the content that I'm posting about. And I think that's how we should all be. We should all be excited about the stuff we're, we're publishing and for uh, that other people can consume. And for me, it's 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 just 
you know, a, a lot of what I, if you go back in the blog, you, you'll see that a lot of what I've been posting lately is just stuff that's been happening in my life and in my businesses. That, that makes it really easy to post. That makes it really interesting and in-depth because I know all about it. I don't have to do research because it's my stuff. Uh, and and it's, it's just exciting to write. And so it, it flows really fast and I can crank out, you know, a good thousand to fifteen hundred word post in, in two or three hours, which, uh, you know, if I was trying to force one out, trying to make something up or, or take a different angle on something that I have to learn, then it would take a lot longer. And I think people appreciate the real life stuff too. So here's a question for, uh, for Jeremy from Jeff. Jeremy, how did you get from dreaming to inspired action when you first started? I'm having trouble getting out of dream and planning mode and getting into actionable steps. Oh, wow. That's a, I mean, honestly, uh, trying to figure out what the next step is was, a big hurdle as well. But once I knew, again, I had my why and what I wanted to do with this thing. And that was one of the big things that um, pushed me forward. One thing that I did that, you know, we certainly <laughs> don't usually suggest because it, it, it can seem pretty dangerous is I actually quit my job before I even knew what I was going to do. And uh, for me, that ended up being incredibly motivating to go, okay, hey, I, I said I was going to go do this thing, and I did it. So it's it's like a combination of multiple things that I kind of had to do it, or the uh, you know house was going to be taken away, and and the wife would leave. I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like there were things pressing on that side of it. But then I also you know was really big on defining why I was doing it, and you know what my ambitions were going towards, and just knowing that every little thing, no matter how little it was, was just one step closer to those things that I wanted. And that's, uh, that's really how I personally did it. Like one huge productivity elephant in the room that you just uh, mentioned, uh, Jeremy, that hasn't been brought up yet, which is external pressure. And nothing is going to, going to push you to succeed like having to. And, and I quit my job way, way too early in the game too, because I was, I like was obsessed with this idea of internet business. And I was like, I got to do it. And when I quit my job, I needed to do it. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it would have been bad. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and we talk about that with making sure that you have an accountability partner and you're like, you're getting on the phone with that partner every Friday night and talking about what you did that week. If that means publishing it on your blog, although I don't know, I'm a little bit iffy about like sort of accountability posts on blogs. I think that makes you good at accountability posts, not necessarily on, on doing the work that you have to do. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that really helps with external uh, pressure is, is getting clients. You know, s- get clients, start issuing invoices on day one because, you know, your clients will push you um, to get work done and to deliver for them. And that's a great way to, you know, make sure that you're being held accountable. You know, Ian and I, we have to wake up in the morning or else our customers are going to be pissed. So we got to deliver. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, a few of us on the call at least uh, quit our jobs in what we would say too early stage. Uh, I know that I definitely did as well. And uh, I, I think it's very hard to to do the to have the duality of, of you got to go to work and then you've got to work on your business at night um, and, and grow it. And I think some people have been successful at that and, and I, I really... Uh, I admire that because it's it's very hard for me to do. Yeah, I know when I got laid off and I was I was pushed out of my job and and that was a ton of motivation for me and I and I had nothing I couldn't do anything but be productive uh or else things wouldn't have worked out. Yeah, for me looking over at uh my wife and two daughters with the big doe eyes going, "We would like to eat tomorrow." <laughs> you know that that was most certainly, you know, a, a help as well, but uh It's just also one of those things of doing whatever it takes, too, because one of the other tips I was going to, I was debating which one to do was the information diet, which is kind of like the just-in-time learning. But I'll tell you, when I started, 12-hour days were my short days. I was so excited about this. So I was just doing it all the time, and, and I was going, okay, what television shows, what different things that I do that I can take a break on for a few months while I get this stuff started. And I basically did a, an information diet, even an entertainment diet at first, knowing full well that, you know, once I got through it and got things started and really got the ball rolling, I could start introducing these things back in. But, uh, you know, I was pretty crazy right at the first, especially because I just wanted it so bad. I, you know, I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books and I was like thinking to myself, man, if anybody can do it, uh, I guess I, I should be able to do it too. Other people have done this and um, just wanted 
wanted it. I, I just wanted it so bad. I guess that's one of the other things. I just believed this would work so, so much that uh, even if it didn't, I was going to make it work. You know, even if all the people that were saying, oh, the internet business and information products are so great, even if they were all lying, I was going to make it happen because I was so tired of sitting in a cubicle working and just doing what other people said. So that was just another part of my mindset shift. Awesome. Now we have a lot of questions here and, and it seems like we, we have, or, you know, we're coming up to the hour and already. Wow. And so we won't be able to get to all of them, but I do want to get to a few more before we finish up. Uh, this one is, a you know, a few people were asking about this. Um, analytics. Is, is, is keeping track of your analytics uh, a waste of time, even though it helps you kind of understand where your readers are, or how much traffic you're, you're getting. But, you know, I know for me, at least, I kind of have this addiction to checking my stats all the time. Like I, I had to actually consciously cut off analytics and, and, you know, get clicky for a while because I was on it so much. Cause I, I it's just so interesting to me to see who's on my site or, and what they're doing and where they're going, how much time they're spending, where, where they're ca- coming from, even down to, you know, what the, their screen resolution is, you know, things like that. Like, what, what do you guys think? It, it, <laughs> wow. it, it, is that like a waste? I mean, it's really addicted. It's really easy to get addicted to that. And, and, you know, to what point does it become a waste of time? Well, there's this concept I have called just in time analytics that I like to adhere <laughs> to. <laughs> oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> it, it, it's really determined by whether or not you get any real productivity out of it. If you're sitting around looking at your analytics and just being vain about it, like, oh, wow, we got these people on here and, and you're using it as entertainment, then it's definitely a waste of time. But if you go in there and you're actually setting goals and you see that you've made a goal or you've missed a goal, you, you're checking your split testing, you're doing those kind of things, well, then your analytics are helping you out. But for the most part, people are just going in and looking at them for entertainment purposes only. Well, Jason and I look at ours once a week. We have our uh, one of our virtual assistants go gather our, all these certain numbers, and we look at them together more with the idea of, you know, what can we do to up this, and what can we do to, you know, this one's going down a little bit. What can we do? Or this one's shooting way up. This is awesome. The thing that we've planned six months ago is really taking off finally. And we try to do it like that because it, it can be incredibly addictive, I, I know as well. Well, and we never tried, we try not to look at those and get into a brush fire mode right away. Like if we see something going down, we go, okay, what might be going on there? Okay, well, let's watch it next week. Now, obviously, if a key metric is going down a couple weeks, two, three weeks in a row, and it looks like a trend, you know, and it's an important one like sales, then clearly we need to look into it. Why is this happening? Um, but yeah, I, I totally adhere to what Tim said. Like it needs to be analytics for productivity's sake. Um, I would only be checking the ones that really have to do with what, I mean, I mean set them up. Like we obviously set up Google Analytics right away so it's there and running for you. Set up your web forms in Aweber to track so it's running for you so that when you do need to go look, that information is there. But I've got analytics we've set up that I haven't looked at for over a year probably just because it hasn't been relevant to what I'm doing right now. But yeah, the ones we look at every week are things like how many new opt-ins, how many new sales, and how are we doing retaining um, you know, our customers, just those key metrics that you need to have the pulse of for the health of your business fascinating process to choose what those metrics are so you know we have we do the same thing you guys do which is we have uh, employees deliver us with reports every friday afternoon and we've you know for each segment of our business we've selected only two or three we call them kpis like uh you know progress indications of where we're at in the business it's kind of interesting to see such a a big operation can sort of be summed up in only one or two numbers and if you continue to focus on those two numbers now I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say I don't, I don't love looking at analytics. That's kind of like replace my TV watching time, you know? So that's like just sort of my <laughs> – if at, at anything, it's sort of like a more entertaining distraction uh, piece of entertainment. But definitely, I don't get a ton of value out of it. All right. Um, Charlene says timers are great are a great tip for focus. Set timers for blocks of time. Uh, I, th- I think that's a great idea to make – you know, when you put a timer on and you say you're going to do something in that certain time, uh, that timer is a great reminder when you keep looking at it that you, that's what you should be doing at that time. Uh, and then it's always good to, you know, at least, uh, I, I've done this before when the timer goes off, then you make sure you take a break or go take a, you know, have a glass of water or go on a walk or something. So I think timers are, are good too. And again, like we were all saying earlier, everyone has their different style and it's going to take some experimentation 
to see kind of what, what works best for, for you. But I think we've gotten some great tips. And, and there's one last question I want to ask, and I want to go down the line here and get everybody's uh, quick kind of answer. If you had an hour a day to spend on your business, what would you do in that hour? So let's start with, uh, let's go reverse. Uh, Tim, how about you? If you only had an hour a day to work on your business, what exactly would you be spending it on? I have money, uh, making money. That's, that's the main thing to be doing in a business anyways. So for me, I'm in an information product business. So the thing that makes the most money for me is actually getting product into customers' hands. So uh, main thing is working on sales and customer service. Perfect. Jeremy? Yeah, I think uh, ours would be traffic and conversion. Now, traffic for us can be a blog post or Facebook or whatever. Whatever is drawing people to our sales funnel. Uh, I mean, it still comes down to the sales, but it's, you know, all the different ways of getting, you know, people to that sales funnel. Mm -hmm. Jason? Yeah, I'd say for, you know, somebody who's in the more like the beginning phases of their business, the best thing you can do is get to that first sale. And in order to do that, identify your audience. And I would spend that hour a day just tapping into the mind of that audience, whether it's hanging out on forums online, going to meetups in your town, uh, looking at the questions people are asking on Yahoo Answers and Quora and these other sites, uh, you know, whatever you can do to get inside the mind of that avatar, that that market, that group of people that you want to help most and do your best work with is going to help you get to that first sale. Because if you are completely in tune with their pains and their passions, then it's going to be readily apparent to you what you should do to solve those problems for them in, in the form of products of, of whatever form uh, that you choose. So um, I think that's a good tip for somebody early on is spending that time getting inside the mind of your audience and your avatar and then getting to that first sale. Absolutely. Uh, Ian? If I had just one hour a day, I think... Um I would probably just focus on, and this is for people with teams, I would I would just focus on the only thing that I can do. Uh, so i got a lot of other people around me that are helping work on our business, but there's certain things that only I can do in our business. And uh, if I have an hour, I'm just going to work on those things that because makes, only I can do it. Sense. Can you guys hear us? Yeah, you cut off for a little bit, but we got the gist of, of what you were saying. Uh, I cut them so off absolutely. all the time. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> how about you dan uh if i could only spend an hour a day which often day oftentimes i do um i would create a documentation or writing that creates culture in our business generally for me that would boil down to writing but to me culture is if you a great book on this is uh tony shea's book about zappos um it's it culture is basically like direction that scales so if you find yourself like having to spend too much time managing your employees or managing your VAs, I think that means you, you don't have a strong enough culture. So, you know, every morning I, I feel like because Ian and I have focused a lot of our energy on building out culture in our business, we've got 13 people waking up too, thinking about what they can do for our business, and I don't have to send them emails. And I think that that's a, a way to think about productivity that really scales. Yeah, I love that tip. And lastly, for me, uh, it would just be creating just create something that's out there and gets posted and you know becomes a seed that could potentially grab new audiences or become a, a potential kind of uh, you know uh, affiliate income or or potential relationship or, or anything you know just create something and and put it out there for for people to see whether that's a blog post a podcast or a YouTube video or a Kindle book or whatever so. I'm sorry we didn't we weren't uh, able to get to everybody's questions. There was just a few more left, but we are at the end of the call now. And thank you all so much for coming in. If if you have your own productivity tip that you'd like to share, uh, you can go ahead and go to summermarketingmashup.com/focus and go ahead and in the Facebook comments there, uh, add your own tip and and contribute to the community and and, and kind of just share what's been working for you. And, and I'm sure. Uh, like we all said, we have different styles, but you know, we're picking up on a lot of things from other people. I mean, that's how I learned. I learned a lot of the stuff I know from internet business mastery and, um, you know, a lot of their productivity, uh, kind of tips, uh, have, have been applied to my business too. So, you know, thank you all so much for coming in. Uh, thank you all for all the, everyone's leaving. Thank yous. Awesome job. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for, for listening in. If you're listening to this on a recording again, summermarketingmashup.com. You can uh, in the future, if 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 all you know, we're doing four calls here. The next one's going to be next week. 
um, if, if uh, you know, you're welcome to join us then. If it's already recorded, then you can go over to that uh, link and, and listen to the listen to the recording instead of watching it live. And it, it's going to be awesome either way for you. So and thank the, you. The topic topic next week is creating your product. Mm, nice. So thank you, Dan, Ian, Jeremy, Jason, Tim, uh, for for being here. And, and we'll see you guys next week at the same time. And everyone on the call, thank you so much. And we'll see you here next week as well. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Bye, guys. Thanks, Pat. Goodbye, Thanks, guys. Everyone. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that summer marketing mashup session number two. I know I did. And if there's one extra tip I can give you for being productive, it's actually, you know, you know, learning is great, but nothing will happen unless you take what you learn and take action with it. Actually go and do something. So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. So for the show notes, make sure to check out smartpassiveincome.com slash session 43. And uh, yeah, get stuff done. Take care and I'll see you uh, in the next podcast session. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.